newsletters, the consistency with them means that people can say yes when they're ready. And so if you're being consistent in your processes, then it makes it easier for people to say yes and your pipeline is always healthy. Learn modern marketing that you can use to grow your business in today's competitive landscape. This is Digital Marketing Masters with Matt Rouse and Jeremy Marcotte. Welcome to Digital Marketing Masters. I'm your host, Jeremy Marcotte, and I'm here with Matt Rouse. Say hi, Matt. Hello. Hey, today we have a special guest, Elizabeth Case from Yellow Dog Consulting. Hi, Elizabeth. Well, hello, gentlemen. How are you? I am great. Thank I'm you. super caffeinated. Super. Five shots of espresso. Five shots of espresso. And Dave, I went to visit Dave yesterday at Study of Sweets. Love it. He's got a website online if you like chocolate. They make like 300 kinds of chocolate bars. Uh, he gives me chocolate, so I'm giving him a shout out. I like those kind of friends. Espresso beans covered in mint white chocolate with dark chocolate you, around it. There's white chocolate really, in there? It's, the white chocolate is green with the mint. Oh, so it's green chocolate. It's not even noon yet, people. And he's working on coffee beans, five shots of espresso. This is going to be an interesting podcast. I'm really excited for the heart attack My portion of the podcast Eyeballs today. are going to be twitching <laughs> while we're talking. And when there's a silence, just wait for the sirens there won't be. and we'll it's be, be fine. fine. <laughs> Jeremy and I will cover we can It's going to be a podcast. It's going to be fun. You guys ready? Let's talk. We got some questions. Let's Yay, talk email. about email marketing. Yes. <laughs> All right. So let's go back a little bit. And what is Yellow Dog Consulting? So Yellow Dog Consulting is my marketing firm. I started it almost nine years ago. It is named after my first yellow dog, Hank. We adopted Hank, and then we spent all of our time and money paying for dog walkers and dog sitters to hang out with our dogs. And so I ended up working at a marketing firm um, and ended up doing the sales and marketing for the marketing firm. And what I realized was small business owners needed marketing help, and there really was nobody out there. And the firm that I was at, they were small enough that the business owner needed to be doing the sales piece of it. And so once I got the systems and schedules in place for his marketing, I realized I can do this for other people. He doesn't need me full time. So I said, thanks for the awesome paycheck. Got to go, uh, which my CPA husband loved. And my small business, mar my small business owner friends and colleagues were ecstatic because there's nobody out there that was loving on them and helping them walk through all of that, at a, you know, and not stick them in a box. Mm -hmm. So it's kind of getting all those systems and schedules in place for small business owners when it comes to their marketing. Because as a business owner, you want to do what you're good at and the marketing piece might not be part of it, but you still have to do it. Right. So what is it that you specifically can do that's not going to suck your will to live? So for some people, it's like Hill Hub Unwind. And for others, it's the Wake Up Hillsboro or a weekly B&I group. It's figuring out what's the right fit for you, right? Like I married an introvert. And so there are a lot of things that I would never recommend he go do because it would literally kill him that I have no problem with, like sticking a microphone in my face. Let's do it. So, Perfect. Yeah. So that's awesome. So you dig in and you help with the marketing systems, not just like, hey, I need a system. Help me figure out how to deal with customers. Exactly. So it's really talking about what's the right fit for you. So where are you networking? Who's your target market? Where should you be hanging out online? What should you do? And then one of the main systems that I typically pitch and get occasional pushback on is email marketing and getting your name in their inbox on a regular basis when you're not selling them something so that when you do have something to sell, they're not saying, you know, Matt only reaches out when he wants my money, but Matt always has such great content, is so helpful and giving me such great ideas that when he comes and offer, has an offer, 
let's do this. Right. And that's, we've, we've talked about email marketing and stuff before, like, yeah, you should do it, but we've never actually dove into it. Right. Mm -hmm. It's always been kind of surface level because like you said, people will push back on email marketing because they're like, oh, I don't want to be like everybody else. I don't want to bother. I don't ever read them. So why would I send it out? Right. Mm, That's my favorite argument. Yeah. It's stupid. You're not your ideal client. Right. That's right. Oh my God. Let's talk about that for the next half hour. (laughs) So, I mean, we should talk about that at least briefly because it comes up all the time. Right. You're a business owner. 99% of people are not business owners, which means you immediately are one out of 100. Yeah. Which means the other 99 people don't act like you. Right. So, so stop it. That's right. And somebody signed up to get your emails. Uh-huh. So they have asked for you to send them something. Right. So wait, wait, is that... Permission? That's permission. That's given, permission. What? what? Oh my goodness. I so know. we were talking before we started recording in our like quote green room. Yeah. Which is just us sitting in the same room talking. Right. With a drum and a guitar. It's great. That's right. Uh, usually we have several guitars. We're kind of guitars short today. Well, that's bullshit. All right. Unacceptable. Yes. <laughs> totally unacceptable. So we were talking about like you had said you saw something on the Twitters that like if you were supposed to do a TED Talk, like right now, what would you right. talk about? for 20 well, minutes. Seth Godin did a TED Talk in the 90s, I believe it was. Like, All right. When the TED, like, first. This was before they when recorded Ted, still a guy. TED Talks and broadcast them. Oh, However, yeah. you can still go look it up on YouTube because they did record it and they later released it. Nice. Except they hadn't told anybody they were going to do that. Mm. But, I mean, that's besides the point. Not permission. <laughs> <laughs> so Seth Godin has There's been talking about permission marketing for over 20 years now. And that's a really important piece. Also, and here's something that comes up a lot, too, when people start. Like, they go, why should I send an email out? Because only, like, six people have signed up. Right. Well, those six people don't know if you have six people or 6,000. Exactly. They're expecting for you to send them something. Yep. And they want to hear from you. And they don't, you don't want them to forget about you. And that's the big thing, is if I never hear from you, I'm way more likely to unsubscribe from a newsletter if I haven't heard from you in a year. And it happens every January where everybody's like, welcome to my new monthly newsletter. I'm actually going to do it this year. The best piece of advice I can give you is to never tell anybody what the schedule is for your newsletter because life happens. You're going to get a newsletter from me the third Wednesday of every month. Yeah, but one time you're going to get sick and it's going to be the fourth Tuesday. And like, I don't care. I know that mid-month I'm getting something from you. You're going to magically pop up in my inbox. I'm going to be happy because you have good quality content. You've given me some resources, some tools, some things to think about because you're in an industry that I'm not. And so I'm excited to hear about it and I can go about my day and maybe respond and say, it's time to talk. It's time to hire you. But yeah, it's, oh man, stop telling people how often you're going to do it. I always tell everyone how often we're going to send them something. So the reason, what I think is it maybe it's not as important to say like, I don't want to tell people often I'm going to schedule it, but what you want to do is give them an idea of what's going to happen. Yes. If you sign up, I am going to periodically send you a newsletter. It's fine. Right. And that's what your welcome email is for, right? Like when somebody opts in and signs up for your newsletter, that's when you send them an immediate, hey, thanks so much for subscribing. I'm so happy you're here. You're going to hear from me once a month. Like just give yourself a little grace around it, I guess is more of what I'm saying. Like don't be rigid with here I am with my monthly newsletter. You're going to hear from me about once a month and I'm going to, you know, share some knowledge. You know, what I, mine says is you're going to get three things and a picture of my dogs and the latest blog posts. That's what you're going to get And I think you should tell them that before and after they sign up. Yeah. 
So sign up here and you're going to get X, Y, Z. You're going to get it this often. Yep. You're going to get a picture of my dogs, you know, and yada, yada, yada. And then they sign up and then you send them the welcome email and you reiterate all the things that you said. Exactly. Yeah. And then you don't have to be doing that in your newsletter. And if you're consistent, people are just going to come to realize like, oh yeah, I do hear from her every month, don't I? Because my sign up for my email literally says weekly marketing email to your inbox. Yeah, done. But that's what you get. Every week I send you a marketing email. You sign up and it tells you weekly, I'm going to send you one. I'm going to be respectful of your time. I'm going to try and make it as succinct as possible, entertaining. It's going to have something relevant. Yep. And then I have like a gif of a bunch of people hugging each other. Exactly. It's great. That's why I Did you ever watch Friends? I did. Of course. I just was rewatching. Well, it's because you haven't watched The Office. So now every show I have to question. Yeah, we really need to have a conversation about Parks and Rec, Jeremy. Well, okay. So Parks and Rec, I've seen one or two episodes. Yeah. And I, I could get into that. That's yeah. a pretty decent show. If you could add that to your to-do list um, I'll real work soon, on that. it'd be great. Yeah, Thanks. but I can't watch rewatch Friends anymore, right? Because it's not on not the Not until we get Peacock. Peacock? Peacock is the new NBC streaming service. Oh, God. I know, because what we needed was another streaming service to subscribe yeah. to. I'm going to cut the cable. Oh, but I want to watch that show, and it's on right. this, and that show, and that show. and <laughs> Another 20-minute TED Talk I could do. Nobody has, has thought of, which seems like the easiest thing in the world, would be like... I'm NBC, you're CBS, your stuff is already set up, and Disney is crushing us. How about we get together and make one together? Weird. And then they're like, fuck you, we have Star Trek. Yeah, well, they do. (laughs) And Showtime. Like, it's, you know, all those, oh, I know, I kind of want to get CBS just for that, but... My friends have it, so I think I'll just wait go over until there. it comes out. Get CBS for one month, binge it in a weekend, and you're done. That's my plan with Apple Plus because right? I need to go watch the morning show. Yeah, I watched the pilot because it was free, and now I'm like, this crap was good. Don't you like almost every cell carrier gave a free year of Apple Plus? Well, not at AT and T. Oh, sucks for you. It does, but at least my service doesn't crap out in my house anymore. There's that. All yeah. right, so back on to email marketing. Yeah, that was a fun tangent. My my. Carrier sucks at times. Mm. I have a thing that I have to plug into my house to not drop calls. Oh, yeah. That Super. didn't work. Yeah, I use the Wi-Fi calling at my house because it might have been like a dead zone, too. Hillsborough is <laughs> a terrible city for cell phone service. Hillsborough was a wonderful city. It's the best place I've ever lived. But for, for cell phone, 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 for service. Cell phone service. It's Maybe shit. highlight will help when we yeah. get the broadband. Maybe Anybody who has a broadband carrier, if you're listening... Come send some. What are the odds? To put some more fucking <laughs> towers up around here because <laughs> it's garbage. I mean, well, here's the thing. If you're on Nike's campus or Intel's campus, yeah. your phone works perfectly no matter which carrier you are all the time. Right. But Magic. you drive a mile and a half to my house uh-huh. and it drops calls. I can't even send a text message from like down the block from my house. The internet goes out. Uh-huh. God forbid. I'm basically cut off from society. Oh, no. Like, Read a book. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Write a book. What? Right. What? That does that in his sleep. It's amazing. So we talked, bringing it back, what? we talked a little bit about don't tell your people how often you're going to send mm-hmm. a newsletter, right? And everybody sends a newsletter at different frequencies. Right. So how often should people send newsletters? My philosophy is monthly. I don't have time to read something every week. Sorry, Matt. I skim yours. But, not, you know, like I'm just busy that every week is a lot and it's a lot to keep up with, right? If you're 
not a content machine. And so for my clients, I typically start out with monthly. That way, if something happens and they have an event coming up or they want to reach out and say, hey, here's this cool thing I'm doing or a promotion or a workshop or whatever, they can send that out mid-month and they're not bombarding people in their inbox all the time. Monthly is the most sustainable. I just was talking to somebody the other day. This is actually really cool. So this woman that I've known for like 13 years through networking when I lived in Seattle, she had changed industries and then changed industries again. And she replied to my last newsletter last week and said, okay, I sent this email out. There's typos in it. I hate it, but I think there's some good content here that we could punch up. It could be a newsletter. And I've been reading your newsletter for nine years and it's always consistent and good. And I love it. And I think it's time to finally hire you. And that's why you have a newsletter is because newsletters work. They always work. I can go back to the majority of my clients and see they came through some sort of networking event. They might've signed up for a thing that got them on my list. And here we are, they respond to a newsletter and say, it's time to hire you. Like, let's have this conversation finally. But as far as frequency goes, monthly is a really great starting point. And so like this woman was saying, I think, because she's just getting started and she's anxious about it, that every other month is what she'd like to do. And we'll ramp her up to monthly. And I have some clients who it's twice a month and that's fine too. I'm happy to charge them for that. But it's, you know, I think monthly is a safe place to start especially if content isn't your jam, right? If we are pulling resources and events or something like that, like one of my clients is a winery. And so it's like, what winery events are coming up? What things are they involved with that are going on? Is there a wine club release? Is there, you know, whatever else might be going on, some special tasting they're doing in town. And so, you know, that kind of depends on how often you want to send it. Mm -hmm. So I think that goes to, I've been asked recently, people are email and they're like, Hey, I want to start a podcast and I think I should yeah. do it weekly. And I'm like, you should make sure you really want or to do daily. that. We're going to start daily. a daily podcast. Do you have any Nobody. idea? Are you Michael Barbaro? I don't think so. Like, no, mm -mm. I, I, I strongly suggest to people like try it out. Yeah. Do a monthly thing first. Yep. And then if you realize, hey, man, I've got a lot to talk about. I've right. got a lot to do. Then ramp up the frequency. Right. But don't start with yeah. a daily podcast. Oh, my God. And I was just, just like, yourself. you know, we had Chris on talking about uh, Mortensen talking about how to start your own podcast, mm -hmm. right? You've got to have a month worth in the bag. Yeah before you push the publish button the first time. That's what I tell clients about blogging. Every once in a while they're like, I should have a blog. And I'm like, should you? You don't have to. Like you have to do what's the right fit for you. And so- Because everybody's still reading advice from 2015. For reals, right? Like, because we're catching it's up. because it ranks now. <laughs> That's how long it took them to rank. Uh, but- Now Google took their link out of their yeah, rich snippet. Right? They're going to get zero traffic. Yes. Thanks, Google. But it is that like with content, I always say- with your blogging, like, all right, why don't you write blog posts for a month? Just like save them as drafts. And if you can do that and you're writing something every week or a couple times a week or whatever you want that frequency to be, then great. You can start blogging. But otherwise, let's save that content, tweak it and just use it as newsletter content because that seems more sustainable for you. Same thing with a podcast. I had a client a couple months ago. He's like, I'm thinking maybe I want to turn this into a podcast. And I'm like, well, do you listen to podcasts? Have you ever been on a podcast? What do you think? And she's like, no. And I'm like, okay, so you need to have some conversations first with podcasters before you go down this insane harebrained idea. I'm pretty well, sure she's I think not that listen pretty to this. much no goes offense. for anything. Like, yeah. you know, if somebody comes to me and they're like, hey, um, I'm thinking of taking up skateboarding and I'm going to go do it right now, I'm like, have you ever been on a skateboard? <laughs> like, maybe you should practice first. Right, a little bit. 
you know, but well, yeah, with content, you should always have some content in the bag. People don't understand how much actual effort it takes to pump out Hard. serious content. Yeah. Like the way that we push out content, uh-huh. I literally write every single day. Yeah. I probably spend two hours a day, five to seven days a week writing. And I have gotten really sloppy with my blogging in the last year because I'm just like, dude, what do I have new to say? I've been blogging for eight years and it's like, all right, really? How can I spin this one more time to talk? Just recycle the old ones. Exactly. And so that's what I've been doing more of is recycling the old ones, putting that content into my newsletter. Right. And that's perfectly okay because people are- It's better than okay. It's really, really good for your website. Right. Uh People aren't going to go back and read it. Right. I don't mean to keep- Stop. Why don't you say what you're going to say? I'm going to say- This is really fun to be in the middle of this little domestic (laughs) disturbance right now. I'm loving it. I'm going to eat some chocolate. Okay, perfect. (laughs) So what I'm going for is people don't want to go back three and four years to read your blogs. They're not going to think that they're relevant, even if they are. Exactly. Because some things don't change over three and four years time. Yep. And that's okay. Right. But they're not going to- cycle back and read anything from probably even six to 10 months ago. Let's be honest. You know, like they're going to read one or two, see if If you know what you're talking about. No kidding. Right. So recycle by all means update it. If something's changed with the platform or the thing that you've written about, update it, change your keywords, change the picture because it's probably old and looks like shit anyway. (laughs) And then change the date on your publishing and, you know, go for it. You don't have to come up with new shit all the time. No, you don't. You could look at your analytics and you can see what people are reading. Right. And take that list and anything that is not on it yep. needs to go. Yep. Either you need to rewrite it or you need to delete it. Yeah. Bye. The other thing that you can have is you can have a problem with keyword cannibalization is the phrase for it. Ah. Which is, say you wrote five different articles over the last 10 years about email marketing. Right. Google is taking the authority for the topic of email marketing and splitting it between those five posts on your website instead of funneling it all into one. To the one. So take all the information from all five of them and put them in one big post, publish that now. Yeah. Then you 301 redirect. Right. You could Google that shit if you need to know how to do it. 301 redirect the old blogs to the new one, and now all of the traffic and all of the authority goes into that one article, and that article will rank better than all the other five combined. Ta-da! So you mean that the fad of doing pillar articles and then writing a bunch of little different small blogs about the same thing doesn't work anymore? It works if you do it right, but that's another. That's a long, another topic. drawn out process. Yeah, another podcast episode that I will not be a part of. That's for dang sure. Yeah. <laughs> so one article on something that's really freaking good. Right. We still get calls weekly, multiple times a week about removing Yelp reviews. No, we don't uh. do it. We still don't do it. You can send us the email. We have other solutions to make you not suck because I suck update that article later. every month instead of writing a new one. It's your fault. Unacceptable. We also get 8,000 visitors a month from it. There yeah. you go. So I that. believe it. Yeah. It's worth it. Oh, Yelp, those assholes. <laughs> Does anybody <laughs> yeah. like them? Anyone. Everybody like, loves even, Yelp. Do they? No, everybody hates Yelp. Yeah. <laughs> there you go. There are a few businesses and a missing? few industries that love Yelp. Right. And or they they hate them, but they use them because that's where all the traffic comes from, mm-hmm. especially in the kind of beauty industry. Like interesting. Oh, like an esthetician, cosmetics, estheticians, all laser right. hair removal, right. cosmetic surgery, even stuff right. like that. A lot to do with like massage therapists and stuff. Right. Pretty much any restaurant that has brunch. <laughs> those kind of things do really well on Yelp, right? Yeah. Even like bars. 
Yeah. So oh, yeah. Loud. But they all have terrible reviews because everybody gets kicked out of the bar, goes on Yelp, and they're like, look, you guys. Right, exactly. Hey, hear me out. Uh-huh. It's always hey, fun hey, to like, read the reviews. Like whenever a client gets a bad review on social media and they're like, oh, my God, what do I do? And I'm like, let's go read this first. And then it's like, so you can read that that person's nuts in this review. So it's okay. Like, mm-hmm. and if somebody's really, and the whole point, like with reviews, let's go down this tangent for a minute, is you have to have a lot of them so that when you get a crappy one, it doesn't hurt your authority as much because you have so many great reviews. So having right. a good review process in place. Like a review management. What? Like, it's weird. Such a, a weird concept. Just epiphany after epiphany today. I know. Mind, Mind blowing. blowing. <laughs> and you can automate that. Happy to help automate what? those processes. I know, right? Goodness gracious. Oh. So, so what you're saying is it doesn't have to be as hard as people think it is? No, none of it does, right? And so as a small business owner, whatever you can automate, whatever you can systematize, whatever you can personalize to make your life better and easier so that you can do the thing you got in business to do. You got in business to be a lawyer or a consultant or a life coach Mm -hmm. or whatever, a dentist. Like, great, do that. And let's figure out what else we need to complement that that doesn't overwhelm you, that's the right fit for you. Because if it's not the right fit for you and it doesn't feel authentic, you're not going to do it. And you're going to feel crappy about it the whole time. Mm-hmm. Well, they stop doing it after like three weeks. Oh, three yeah. Months. They just ignore your emails. I'm like, I'm still charging your credit card every month, just an FYI. Right. But we could stop this at any time. You just need to actually reply to my email and say, this isn't working. Because I know it's not working, but you're ignoring me. So the first actual <laughs> marketing agency I ever worked for, mm-hmm. I was a contractor because they had an email that they sent out to over a million people for a like national furniture chain mm-hmm. and the person who writes the email quit the morning it was supposed to go out. <laughs> awesome. They found me on LinkedIn. Great. Strangely. Love it. Because I had updated my LinkedIn profile well way, done. way back. Yep. Or no, wait, it wasn't LinkedIn. It was monster.com. Wow. Wow. Way to date yourself there, Matt. I know. Ancient. So anyway, they're like, do you do email marketing? And I'm like, sure, of course I know how to do email because <laughs> I was a mail server administrator. So, so same thing. Eh, yeah. you know, whatever. Turned out I discovered a lot of things about email from sending it to so many people, especially to such a large list. And, you know, what makes people unsubscribe and what yeah. makes people open it more likely. And mm-hmm. I actually worked on that project for them, you know, just part time. That was the only thing I did is I sent that right. newsletter out once a week for years. And email software has come so far. So far. <laughs> yeah. I used to have to hand code HTML. No. And like, yeah, you don't even want to know all the hoops I had to jump through to make that thing work. Yes. Hard no. Hard, hard pass. I know. But nowadays it's easy. Super easy. program, you log in, you click like create campaign. It's like pick a template. You pick the same one you always use. Yep. Or the one that you've already created or that somebody created for you. I'm lazy enough. I just replicate the previous campaign. Replicate the previous one. Add all the crap. Yeah. Change the text. Exactly. Change the headline. Uh Add a new picture of your dog. Find a new picture of my dog. The hardest part of every newsletter. Yeah. New adorable pictures of two dogs. Come on. Because dogs don't do anything adorable ever. No, never. Especially not a nine-month-old chocolate lab. Mm-mm. And now a quick break. Digital Marketing Masters will be right back. Are you ready to stop grinding and start making an impact? Are you tired of working long hours and not growing your business? Get Matt's new book, Flattening the Hamster Wheel, on Amazon now. 
Just go to hook2.us slash hamster. That's H-O-O-K-T-O dot U-S forward slash H-A-M-S-T-E-R. So what's your worst pet peeve that you see in emails from companies? Only reaching out when they're selling something. It happens way too often. Buy my stuff. Buy my stuff. You haven't heard from me in six months. Here I am restarting my newsletter that I'm going to send you once a week because you haven't heard from me in six months. So I obviously can keep that up. And here's my thing I need you to buy today. You're so lucky that I'm going to sell you this shit. Oh, you smell that? (sighs) 10% off. Desperation. It is. (laughs) Buy now. That's the whole point, right? Like I gave the example of the new client who has been in my pipeline since before Yellow Dog Consulting existed, right? And that's not an ideal sales pipeline, right? That it takes, you know, sales process. You don't want it to take nine years, but because I'm consistent all the time, that's fine that that was percolating over there. And that in the meantime, other people are coming out, right? I had somebody else who hired me last month and it was, she emailed, uh, she's like my a mutual acquaintance recommended that she talk to me. We were in the process of setting up time to talk. And then she got my newsletter the next day because she'd signed up somewhere. She got my newsletter and she's like, that that's what I need because I had an offer in my newsletter in December, which I don't usually do. And so she was like, this, this is the thing that I need. And so that sales process was what, like a week or two? So newsletters, the consistency with them means that people can say yes when they're ready. And so if you're being consistent in your processes, then it makes it easier for people to say yes. And your pipeline is always healthy. We get, I don't know, probably every month. Yeah. We get someone from a newsletter. Yeah. Or they come talk to us when they see us in person at an event and say, oh, right. I was reading your newsletter, yada, yada, yada. Yeah. And that's why it's important to do things in person as well as online. Oh, thank you for that. Yes. You, you, you Especially if you're a local business, right? Yeah. I mean, if you're e-commerce... Not so much, right? But I had a client who all he wanted to do was buy lists and send out to them. And I'm like, well, they don't know you, so you have no authority. And then you don't ever show up. So he's buying lists to groups that he was a part of. And I'm like, you also need to be showing up at those events. Mm-hmm. And when we stopped working together, he was like, he's like, I need to make a change. And he's like, and if we were starting over again, what would you say? And I would say, you have to network. He's like, yeah, I knew you're going to say that. I'm like, because I've been telling you that for the last two years we've been working together. Right. Like you're frustrated this isn't working. We can send out a newsletter, but if you're not going to show up and network in person and put a face to that, like it takes seven to 12 touches for somebody to buy from you. What all is that going to look like? Or more, exactly. So what's that really going to look like? And that's another thing. Like I use my newsletter as a, as a follow-up tool, right? So we had coffee. We talked about working together. I sent you the follow-up email with whatever we discussed. You started ghosting me, but you're on my newsletter list now because we had that implied consent of I'm interested in working with you. And so then I'm touching you every month. And then in a year or two, when you're finally ready to hire me or to have that conversation again, or I have something going on that you think is a good fit, we do that. Yeah. And that's perfect. Exactly. So you and Matt are both on the Hillsborough SPEC. Yeah. Which is the what? Small, Small Business, Business Entrepreneurs Council. What? I know. That sounds super fancy. It is super fancy. Um, I added it to my business cards because it's such a BFD. So <laughs> In 2017, I did the Civic Leadership Academy through the city of Hillsborough, which is the single best thing I have done since moving to town. In our class, we recommended better cultivation and support of entrepreneurs and putting together an entrepreneurial incubator space in the city of Hillsborough. We presented those findings to city council and um, the city took those recommendations. And two of the big recommendations we gave were a person and a, and a physical space were what we thought would be needed. The city went with the person. They hired a venture catalyst and partnered with the Oregon Entrepreneur Network to bring somebody in to help recruit businesses. Deanna Palm, the chamber executive director, president, 
was at that city council meeting because FYI, she's at every city council meeting, just a heads up. And so Deanna heard our presentation. And one of the things that came out of that class was I knew it was finally time for me to join the chamber and stop not doing that. So I joined the chamber and I didn't want to just join, give them my money and show up at the occasional networking thing. So I emailed Deanna and we sat down to talk and I said, here's what I did. And she's like, we have the small business council, which... I really think that the space is something that we as a chamber should look at. And you have all the research and the knowledge and I'd love for you to come and join us and help with this. So I joined in January of 2018. I joined the chamber and we just lucked out that the office space behind the, there was an open space behind the chamber and we opened Hill Hub 16 months later. Yeah. April of 2019, we opened Hill Hub. Nailed it. Yeah. And so the Small Business Entrepreneur Council has been working on that for the last year and a half. And really it's about making sure there's resources and tools available to small business owners and entrepreneurs in our community. So whether it's networking events, the resources at Hill Hub, the office hours that we both provide. We interviewed Sarah, the director from Hill Hub, about yeah. five episodes ago. Nice. Yeah. She's the best. Yeah. Except at office trivia. Well, That's you know. Right. Seven out of ten. <laughs> Calling you out, Sarah. You can't win them all. <laughs> I haven't watched The Office since it was on, so I probably also would not totally crush it. Still don't plan on watching it. Ever. <laughs> That's Still fine. Not gonna it, watch it. It's hard for some people to watch The Office. Like, Michael Scott is a very specific personality, and some people just cringe and can't do it. Mm -hmm. That's the point of his character. It's totally the point of his character. He was so cringe worthy and trying so hard, but still being sort of lovable, but Mm -hmm. sort of a big a-hole. Right. Yeah. He was was like the trying to be the big fish in the small pond, I think was the thing. He was always, you know, trying to get everybody's attention and, you know, and like Jeremy. Right. A lot like Jeremy. I get it. So you see a little too much of yourself in it. Oh, yeah. Yeah. I understand that. Too close to home. Like looking in a mirror. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. So that's where the Small Business Council is going. So yeah, we're working with small business owners and entrepreneurs around the community, just making sure that we're cultivating that community. Mm Hillsboro is going to grow by another 40,000 people in the next 20 years with the expansion of Hillha or expansion of South Hillsboro. Excuse Mm -hmm. me. We moved to Oregon five years ago because my husband took a job at Nike. And so for every new Intel or Nike or Genentech employee, there's that spouse and that family that's not that employee. And so they may end up, they may be an entrepreneur. They may want to work from home. I actually really like working from home, just me and the dogs. The oldest dog, the puppy is exhausting, but I like working from home. I like going to Hill Hub and working there when my dad comes to visit because he refuses to wear his hearing aids. And so everything is really loud and I can't concentrate in my own home when he's visiting. And so I love well, they're using putting Hill in Hub like for a that. Three and a half billion dollar facility 10 blocks down the road at Intel, right? Right. And you know, plus Hawthorne Intel's across the street. Right. Hawthorne Athletic Club's across the street. Yeah. Yeah, it's, it's a really good location. And it's a great spot. What I really find nice about it is it's kind of close. It's like, I wouldn't, I wouldn't say it's close to the freeway, but it's like kind of close to the middle of town, and it's way closer to the freeway than my house is. Yeah. So if I got to go out and work, and I got to go from a meeting in one part of town to a meeting in the other part of town, I don't have time to drive all the way home and drive no. all the way back. So I stop there, do some work, and then I get on my way. Exactly. I stop there and do my emails. Uh, see, uh-huh. Bring Check it around. Out. Hey. Yeah, so, you know. yeah, let's get back and talk about sure. email a little bit. So uh, here's my pet peeve in the email world. I know I asked you, but. Yeah, no, I want to know yours. I should have asked. Sorry. 
I, I love podcasts because I can be self-centered, but I probably should be more It's all about thoughtful. me. Right. I, you I'm hear my, awesome. You want to hear my favorite song? Mm-hmm. Me, 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 me. <laughs> all right. So anyways, my pet peeve is real estate emails. I hate real Tell estate emails. Tell me everything about that. Because they are automated and it's like. State of the whatever. Yeah. The state of the real estate market. Yeah. And they're like, here's a chart with a bunch of large numbers. And yep. then there's a graph that. Goes up Always and to the right. Always looks the same. Right. Actually, it doesn't even go up to the right. It kind of just like bounces up and down because you have no idea what most of the numbers right. mean. Right. And then it says something to the effect of the mean house market value has gone from 426000 to 428500 for two bedroom or three bedroom, two bath homes right. with a separate blah, blah, blah. But so that's attached the mean one. blah, blah, blah. Homes. How much is the nice home? And yeah. You just go on and on and on. It's just like. Blah, 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 yeah. blah, computer-generated language. Right. Please read my statistics that no one gives a shit about. Yep. You're important to me. Yeah. Call me when That's you want to That's such a good point home. because real estate is a very fascinating industry. And so when you go to a company, one of the things they try and pitch to you is, here, but we provide your newsletter content for you. And when, when content for a newsletter is the biggest challenge for 99% of business owners, like of small business owners... Okay, they're going to do it for me. Great. At least my name's getting in their inbox, right? But you're right. It sucks. It's automated. It's canned. It makes no sense. It's not personal. I actually work with a real estate agent, and we do not use any of their jargony content that their agency provides. We use personal content. Here's what we have going on. Here's some things that we've been seeing. Here's a latest house we have for sale. Like, here's some cool stuff. We're going to add some interpretation to it. Exactly, right? Like, like, what does this mean? Yes, to someone who has no idea what most exactly. of those numbers are. Because we don't buy a house every day. So we're and not. Every real estate agent you talk to says, Yeah, but my friend Jim loves those emails. Well, I'm glad there's one person That's on your lie. list who likes them. Jim is your and, mom. Yeah, Jim. And she's Jim only is opening it because she's supposed yeah. to. Yeah. And I mean, <laughs> they are they're just Thanks, so mom. Bad. Thanks, mom. It's my mother in law at my house. It's my mother in law that opens the newsletter, and she always critiques my grammar in them. It's awesome. Mm-hmm. Yeah. <laughs> so. Worst thing when you're looking like to find a person, and we'll use real estate as example. Yeah. So if I'm going to buy a house and I'm looking at maybe two or three mortgage people, two or three real estate agents, I haven't made any decisions yet who I'm going to work with or what I'm going to do. And I look at their social media or I get their email newsletters and they're exactly the same because they use the same software. And you're like, that's weird that you and Karen both posted the exact same thing at the exact same time because you're both signed up for Sprout Social or something, uh-huh. right? Like, or I'm getting the same email from like whatever the real estate CRM yeah. is, right? But uh, real estate is such an interesting right? It is, and real estate is such an interesting one too because you really go with somebody you know, like and trust. So, like our real estate agent who sold multiple houses for fr- helps multiple friends of ours buy and sell their houses when we lived in Seattle was this woman that I just knew forever. And so it wasn't that we were ever looking for to buy or sell a house, but she and I just like became friends and started hanging out and getting together for happy hour. And we were at networking events together. We served on a chamber board up in the Puget Sound region together. And so it was all of that. And then, but yeah, her emails are totally canned and it drives me nuts, but I didn't get those until later because she didn't just sign me up because she got my business card because she was, yeah, smart enough to not do that. So well, that's a good start, but it's hard. I love getting those emails. Hi, we just met. Welcome to my newsletter. Yeah, bro. Unsubscribe. I, I barely got your name. Right. Yeah. I one time somebody subscribed me to a newsletter. It was a real estate agent, actually. And I unsubscribed and he responded and was like, why did you unsubscribe? And I'm like, because I didn't ask to be signed up for this. And he was like, but 
how are you supposed to get to know me? And I'm like, well, you got my business card at the event, but we didn't actually meet. They just passed out all of our contact information afterwards. And then you added me to your list. So I might recommend only adding people to your list that you had a conversation with. And maybe you asked permission to do this because I didn't ask permission. I know a crap ton of real estate agents and you rando dude in Bellevue is not the guy that's going to get my business. Thank you. Spam, 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 spam. Exactly. Or they message you on the LinkedIn. Oh, I love that. Yeah, That's a good one too. Hey, how you doing? Doing good. I'm doing well. How are you? Laundry list of things they can sell you. Right. Buy all my stuff. Right. I've gotten to the point where I don't accept them unless I have a connection with absolutely like somebody in in common that we. I have to know them. Yeah. Yeah. Because they're coming out of the woodwork where I'm just like I don't know you. Because all these people started teaching LinkedIn classes where all it is is spam classes. Right. Mm -hmm. How to spam people on LinkedIn? Mm -hmm. First thing, say hi. How are you? Or I'm so glad we're connected. I wanted to see if there's anything we could do to help one another. Yeah. Yeah, that'd be great. What do you do? I could get you first page of Googles. (laughs) I'm a 25-year-old financial advisor right out of college, and I'm going to quit this industry in about a hot minute. That kind of stuff. It's my other favorite I'm so experienced. Uh (laughs) Uh-huh. Love it. We have $6 billion under management. (laughs) Right. And you're sleeping on John's couch still. Right, exactly. Hey. John's couch is comfortable. And we just had a conversation. That's right. That you can sleep on somebody's couch and end up, you know, a millionaire. That's true. If you do it right. Yeah, Jesse Itzler did it. So you But you also too. have to be a white rapper in the 80s. So. Uh, huh. That seems oddly specific. Yeah. Well, you know, then you can own a, <laughs> uh, a, a jet com- card company in your. Ah, jet yeah. Rentals. Private jets. Got it. Okay. That's I get my it. next stop. Freeloader mentality. I, okay. I get so it. So I heard him on Gary Vaynerchuk's podcast uh, last week, but also I went and saw him at Content and Conversions Summit in 2018 mm-hmm. speak live. It was really good. And actually, one thing he said that was kind of relevant is he had a Basically, a story that boils down to uh, how you do anything is how you do everything. Oh, yeah. So if someone assumes that just because they got your card, they can stick you on your mailing list, obviously, you can't trust them with your information. So you're not going to work with them. Absolutely. So you should be having that care with your emails, with your social posts, with everything, right? Yes. You should be trying to build trust at every step. Absolutely. And not taking advantage of people, not spamming people, not just buy this, buy this, buy this. Mm-hmm. Just don't do that. Like that's it's my biggest a, thing, right? It's not a flyer. No, it's not a flyer. That's good. I like that because it's not, right? And it's the most intimate way you can get to like talk to your potential customer is by getting your name in their inbox. And yeah, a good open rate is somewhere between 20 and 30%, which means 70 to 80% of people are not opening your newsletters. And that's fine, right? Like I remember when I first started my business, And I was sending out my, I'd sent out like three newsletters. And the third one, a guy that I knew through networking responded and he was like, Hey, I didn't know, cause I had bad email practices when I started. He's like, I didn't know you'd started your own marketing firm. We were just talking about this yesterday. Can you come in? And he was a client for like three years, but you know, the whole piece of it was it's the right time to open the email when it's the right time to open the email. So he had missed the first two, but he was getting them and it was just all the right things clicked into place. So even if they delete them and they don't open them, right? They're seeing your name exactly month after month or week month after month, month, week after week. They see your name. They know you're alive. They know that you're still in business. So when the time comes, they can call you. It's like I had a PR agent that I needed. Uh, a client of mine had a little damage control they needed to do, and so I was like, she was like, who do we talk to about this? I'm like, I have no idea. And I emailed a couple friends and asked. I think we found somebody. And then like a week later, I heard from this woman, and I was like you were the person that could have helped in this situation. And I forgot about you because it had been so long since I'd heard anything from you. Right. So 
So if you had one piece of advice that you could give to our listeners, what would it be? Follow up. And I know that's different from what we've been talking about, but I really love talking about follow up. It is so important that if somebody asks you for something or somebody needs something from you, that you actually do what you say you're going to do and you do that follow up. People are not excited to give up their money. They're not excited to pay you. They've got other things going on. You are not the top priority, right? Like starting an email newsletter and paying me monthly to manage that for you. Not the highest thing on your priority list, probably. That's fine. Like making sure the dog has dog food, making sure your clients are getting what they need. That's it. And so making sure that you're following up with people on a regular basis is the right way to do that. And that's where an email newsletter comes in handy, right? Like once you're in that process, your name is showing up in their inbox on a regular basis that when the time is right for them to finally respond, they're ready to go. And just to add a little bit on follow-up, kind of sure. like a good example is someone from... Actually, a couple of people from from a networking group that we attend, one of them left because she got another job and um, it was in medical research, so she's not totally in her own business anymore, right. right? And I just shot her an email. How's things going? You know, do you yeah. guys want to go get coffee or something sometime? You know, I know nice. she's not going to do any work for me, but I mean, yeah. I saw her every day for a year. You yeah. Know, why don't we go hang out again kind of thing? And she was like, you're the only person who ever messaged me again, yes. right? Yeah. And I had another friend who was looking for a job. I connected her with someone that she might be able to talk to. I didn't hear anything back. So a few weeks later, I sent her an email. I said, hey, yeah. how did it work out? And she's like, oh, we just rescheduled, so I haven't talked to him yet, but it looks promising, yada, yada, yada. So, okay, it let me know hurt. how it turns out. Exactly. These are people who are not paying my agency to do work for them. Exactly. Right. right. But, but they love you, and when somebody needs help, you're exactly the person they're going to recommend. It's nice to hang out with people. Yeah. Also that, yeah. Friends. Yay, friends. <laughs> love it. Love Be it, love my it. friend. All right. Well, with that, thank you so much thank for being here. Thank you, gentlemen, for having me. It this was, was a, very an fun. invigorating conversation with only a few squirrels. And I look forward to seeing your email in my inbox Absolutely. More I look forward to the next podcast where we discuss Parks and Rec after you finish watching it. That's right. We'll have that on our um, <laughs> pop culture podcast. Perfect. I'm in for that. Jeremy and I are so into pop culture. Oh, yes. I don't know if you could tell. If we can talk about bit. Letterkenny, here's the deal. Oh, really? You watch Letterkenny, I'll watch Parks and Rec. Really? Yeah. Okay. Okay. There we go. All right. There we have Search it. for Letterkenny and it wasn't no, it's on, on Hulu, Netflix. right? It's on Hulu. And it wasn't on Amazon Prime. Is it British? It's Canadian. Oh, Okay. It's amazing. Mm. I love it. Anyway, with that, thank you It's like you white again. trash Degrassi, right? Yeah. Okay, I can get on board with that. Perfect. It's basically just new Trailer Park Boys, I think. Yeah, that's what I was Quite like not possible. excited about with it, but. It's good. It's okay. good. Okay. All right. Thank you. We'll see you guys Thanks, on the guys. next episode. This has been Digital Marketing Masters with Matt Rouse and Jeremy Markoff. For notes and a transcript of this episode, go to hookseo.com forward slash podcast. Now stay tuned for a preview of our next episode of Digital Marketing Masters. Hi, I'm Beth Lewis, and listen next week when I talk about Bag and Baggage Productions, the professional theater of Hillsborough, and how you as business owners can get involved in supporting your local arts community. Digital Marketing Masters is brought to you by Hook SEO Digital Marketing. Our show is produced by Matthew Rouse and Scott Burson, mixed and edited by Silent Outburst Productions. I'm your announcer, Daniel D. Craig. We would love to hear your thoughts. Please leave us an honest review with your podcast provider. Your reviews help us help more business leaders just like you.